0: Welcome to Can We Still Be Friends, the podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. In this episode, we're using Time Out New York's recent list of the top 100 animated movies as inspiration to revisit the 1940 classic Pinocchio, a movie that we haven't seen in a long time, but which made the list at number one. Instead of squaring off against each other, we're discussing whether we agree with Time Out's assessment that Pinocchio is the best animated film of all time.
1: We've invited a native from Pleasure Island and noted jackass, our good friend Evan Mather, to join us today. Evan, welcome.
2: I just uh, hope that at the end of today, I can be a real podcaster.
1: Well, be a good boy, and we'll see. given you life. Why? Because tonight, Geppetto wished for a real boy. Am I a real boy? No, Pinocchio. To make Geppetto's wish come true will be entirely up to you. Up to me?
2: Prove yourself brave, truthful, and unselfish, and someday you will be a real boy. A real boy!
1: Now, Pinocchio was the second animated feature produced by Disney. It was... Uh, one of the most expensive films at the time, costing $2.8 million or so, but it ended up grossing over $84 million theatrically in its lifetime. It was the first animated film to win a competitive Oscar, winning for best score and best song. It currently holds a 100% rating from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, but only a 72% from audiences, which I found to be interesting. It is undoubtedly a classic with memorable scenes, songs, and characters, and unlike many classics, it's one that many people have seen. Um, the question remains, though, is Time Out New York correct? Is Pinocchio the best animated film of all time, or has Pinocchio outlived its usefulness to serving instead to be chopped up and used for firewood?
0: That is a good question, Ryan. Thanks for asking. Well,
1: thanks for <laughs> answering.
0: Well, I mean, the timeout list was what got us thinking about this originally right and uh you know that was actually a list i believe that was put together by a whole lot of it wasn't just critics i mean no, it was filmmakers um, yeah you know journalists all sorts of people and so there's a lot of input it's sort of a consensus list they didn't ask um, us well i found not that
1: surprising idea <laughs> so. i was i was waiting for that email but you know maybe six episodes in we still haven't made a name for ourselves <laughs> So anyway, what, what what we did do, though, is on our website,
0: we did have a poll because, mm-hmm. hey, you know, timeout can't have all the fun. No. We're going to take this and run with it. So yeah. we actually put up a poll where we took their top five. Mm-hmm. Uh And we put them up and had you guys vote about what you thought out of that five was the best animated film. And the uh, results were a little surprising. Ryan, you got the results. You want to talk over them a little bit? Yeah, they were
1: a little bit closer than I expected. We took the top five from uh, Time Out New York's list. It was The Incredibles, My Neighbor Totoro, Pinocchio, Spirited Away, and Toy Story. And um, like I said, it was closer than I expected. Incredibles came in with 13% of the votes. Um, my neighbor Totoro came in with 3%, which I'm pretty sure was just my wife voting for that one. Um, a solid 3%.
0: Though.
1: A solid three. Yeah. A very, a very, uh, enthusiastic 3%.
2: Big fan of neighbors.
1: Right. Neighbors and Totoros. Like Wilson. She's, really? That's a exactly. influence of her too. That is actually my problem with neighbor. My neighbor Totoro <laughs> is that, uh, Totoro was never behind a fence. Talking, you saw all of Totoro, exactly, and it—that's it, not neighbors in my mind. Uh, Pinocchio, the number one movie on Timeouts list, came in at nineteen percent, so it, it took third place in our poll. Wow, bronze. Yeah, um, Spirited Away, which actually got my vote, came in with twenty-six percent of the vote, and the winner in our poll was Toy Story, thirty-nine percent of the vote. So our listeners like Toy Story, which doesn't really surprise me. Nope. What would you have thought if you were looking at the timeout list and
0: they had put Toy Story at number one? Would you have been surprised then? I wouldn't have, no. Really?
1: I I don't think so. I think, I mean, we might talk about this a little bit more, but I I think Toy Story, though it's not my number one, I think I can definitely see why somebody would say number one. What about you guys?
2: I think that animated films specifically, because they are so often made for children, and are then so tightly tied to nostalgia are much harder to get objective about. Um, I agree. And I think that's why Toy Story 1, it's the movie that came out when us and our audience mm-hmm. was the target demographic age for Toy Story. The movie was made for them. Yeah. It
0: was – Um, I was – definitely I remember at that age being really intrigued by an entire movie, a computer animated movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wondering how that was even going to look or work. And it and it blew you away as far as that went. Even today I think it still holds up. It absolutely you know, does, and,
1: which is why I think it deserves to be number one. I mean though I didn't choose it. I, the, I could see it being number <laughs> you one. You see it, yeah. Is that it broke ground being that first – to use computer animation so extensively and it was never gimmicky and it's not dated and they knew the limits of it. You can see that it's not so polished, but they didn't overextend themselves. Mm -hmm. They knew what they could do with it and they did it. And I think that's to its credit. It makes it timeless.
0: Would you, but you wouldn't say the same thing maybe about in just a different period like Pinocchio. Well, what I mean, it's so, the
2: Pinocchio of its day, right? I mean, that's very much no, it's I, about you know, I inanimate do you think toys, I, 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 or I is Toy kind Story to like.
0: more like the Snow White of its day, being that it was the first feature link? Oh. you know what I mean—the
1: the connection there. But I do yeah. think, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Toy Story is uh, better at being the first of its kind than Snow White was. Even though yeah. I like Snow White, I, like. I, I really think that Disney hit its stride with Pinocchio, which I mean, it was its second movie, so it's pretty right. incredible that they hit the, hit their stride with that. I think that they did some things with the animation that were a little showy. Maybe we can talk about this later. That's the whole episode's going to be on Pinocchio, Pinocchio. so we'll definitely get to that. I do. I'm curious though, why you
0: chose Spirited Away, and actually, quite a few of our our listeners did choose yeah, Spirited well, over Away over a
1: quarter. I mean, one percentage point over a
0: quarter. But for those who aren't familiar with Spirited Away, do you want to just take a second and just really quickly tell us what Spirited Away is? It's an anime film.
1: Yes, it is. By directed by Hayao Miyazaki, who. If you only watch Miyazaki films, you will have already had a very good education in anime. He is one of the greatest animated directors, let alone anime directors. Um, But it's an incredibly imaginative film. And pretty, I mean, it's sort of grown up in its subject matter and tone. It's rated PG-13, if that means anything to anybody. Right. But it's about this girl who um, kind of stumbles upon this magical land that's filled with ghosts and um, some spirit creatures and she's trying to find her way back home but home isn't necessarily a place where she wants to get to um so it's 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 kind of t- tough to describe how it's very surreal it's v- extremely it, surreal and that was
0: what really blew me away when when i had seen spirited away i mean it is it's a very it, it's a very powerful animated film i'm not surprised at all that it's this high on it's number 2 on timeout's list yeah I'm not surprised by that at all. It's, yeah. it's it is a pretty. And I'm not very well versed in anime at all. In fact, I think I've maybe seen maybe three movies or so. And mm-hmm. and um, but I just think that you don't need to know anime to no. appreciate Spirited Away. Well, I think it's, you have it's, to very universal. You have, universal to, have,
1: you have to find an entry point, and I think Spirited Away is a terrific entry point. I, we'll talk more about this later, probably. But I think it's tough to say the best animated film because there's such a variety. You've got Spirited Away, and then you've got like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They're completely different films. Um, and even types of, anim- I mean, yeah, types of
0: films, as far as what they're doing with just exactly. the film and then just the types of animation. I mean, you've, like you said, Spirit Away, but then you've all the Pixar stuff, that's computer animation, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, and then you've got even early animation. So sure. are you, are you grading that based on what it was groundbreaking in yeah. or are
1: you grading it as a
0: very good animated film? Right. You know, it's a good question. And
1: it's tough to say, I, I would say Spirited Away based on these five. Um, if we're talking about overall tone, imagination, quality of writing, uh, cinematic value, whatever that nebulous term means. Uh, it really is a remarkable movie. So, how did you guys vote?
2: Um, I, I I voted Pinocchio. Oh. Um, that's when when we're kids, you know how you always have like five movies that you just mm-hmm. watch over and over and over. Right. Mine were like Princess Bride, mm-hmm. Pinocchio, Taxi Driver, Star Wars. <laughs> Well, uh-huh. eh, last Tango in Paris more. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Really, those guys are like, just really yeah, formative. Be like, kind of that, just, yeah. I, every kid, a lot, every
1: kid's a real, a real Brando fan. <laughs> yeah. I know that type of kid.
2: Is <laughs> more a Butter fan. Okay. <laughs> I, uh,
1: uh, moving, moving on, yeah. I'm going to cut in here quickly. And say, yeah,
2: yeah, I actually also
0: voted for Pinocchio. That's it, Nate. Just force the, your way I, in I there. Yeah.
2: You're in the birdcage with me.
0: Uh, I'm in the birdcage, and um, hopefully, okay. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm kind of with you. It is very hard, as you mentioned earlier, to separate your own personal sort of feelings mm-hmm. uh, as a child when you mm-hmm. watch a lot of these movies. Um And Pinocchio, we're going to get into it more in the podcast, I I know. So I'm not going to really talk a whole lot about it other than just to say that I did vote for Pinocchio. Uh, But we did actually have a little bit of uh, listener feedback on this one because, um, you know, it was weird that we only limited to that five. And, um, you know, we actually didn't say where those five came from until a little bit after we posted the poll. So I think there was some confusion there. But um, AJ, one of our listeners, actually wrote to us uh, feedback at canwestillbefriends.net if you ever feel so inclined Mm -hmm. to – also do that he writes um adding to the list of animated films is almost entirely subjective i am strongly opinionated on what i like but i don't think i have taken in enough to be versed in best five quotation mm. i found this true when listening to the film spotting podcast and josh and adam began to wax eloquently about some of the best which i had never even heard of let alone seen uh which is also a good point i think i mean i did the quiz for timeout and i actually there's a ton on there that i have mm-hmm. not seen mm-hmm. so um Hopefully, we still know enough to actually do decent episodes. I am
2: completely unqualified to be here, and I'm not sure why you guys invited me.
0: (laughs) I'm not really either. We had an extra chair. (laughs) Okay, so AJ goes on to say, that being said, there is an emotional spot that has me listing the following. Finding Nemo slash Monsters, Inc., both better than Toy Story, in my opinion, as far as quality of animation goes, which mm-hmm. I think speaks to a little bit of what we were saying about with they've, yeah. you know, Pixar's they've they've grown and the technology's grown. Even, yeah. So uh, Jungle Book. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Frankly, it is hilarious and brilliant. And I can't get past that. That's a lot of AJ people like said. that movie. Yeah. I've never seen it. So I, I haven't I either. You haven't seen it. Yeah. So I'm going to add it to my Love list of this. So, yeah. Uh, Peter Pan, which was another one of my mm-hmm. childhood favorites, and uh, I, a great one here, Iron Giant, another Ooh, Brad Bird. Yeah. Um, yes, that's that's just a great, and that one is actually I I only saw that me I saw that maybe like two years ago for the first time. Yeah. Same, same with me. Bit, yeah. So yeah, and before we jump right into Pinocchio and actually start mm-hmm. discussing this, I did have just I wanted to throw it out there, what's not in the top five because AJ's listing here a couple that are not in the top five. Is there one that you would have wished was at least in the top five so you could have? voted for it you know or how about I rephrase that um given the choices you chose pinocchio evan um do you think that uh it really is your number one hands down even if those weren't your choices or would you have something else in mind
2: i'm i'm pretty sure pinocchio would be my number one um if i was going to pick some close seconds i'd probably uh in animation pick wally um Hmm. and the illusionist are probably two of them. Mm-hmm. my I, I was also very upset to not see on the top 100 uh, Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> it, it wasn't even in the 100? wasn't even in the top 100. I never oh. saw it. That is surprising. It is about a man's unhealthy relationship with his appliances.
1: Mm-hmm. Ah. My parents didn't let me see it for that very reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: not a children's animation film. Yeah. How
1: about oh.
0: you, Ryan? Was there one that you wish you could have voted for as number well, yeah, one? Yeah,
1: actually, um, I... I don't know if you noticed how giddy I got when AJ mentioned Iron Giant. Um I did notice that. Oh, you know me too well. Well, let me <laughs> let me back up and and make and explain how how difficult it was for me to choose a, a favorite. Like I said, the animation genre is so varied that it's tough to, you know, pit one against the other. Toy Story might have made the top of my list for its contribution, you know, advancing film in general. Um like we said, its graphics weren't gimmicky. Um, the, the script, co-written by Joss Whedon, mm-hmm. Evan, I know you're a big fan, um, it's still funny. It really successfully toes that line between um, kid and adult humor, not by going back and forth, like yeah. kid joke, adult joke, like I think Shrek does, like I right. think a lot of movies the do. work stuff does that a lot. Yeah. Right, but it's funny to both. At the same time, it kind of brings adults back to being kids at the same time, respecting the intelligence of kids and pushing them further. I think that kids can learn a lot by watching Pixar movies in general, Toy Story especially. Um, but for my money, The Incredibles is the best Pixar movie to date as far as like the balance between mm. great animation, great script. Love that Brad Bird directing. <laughs> More um, than Ratatouille though, because that's Brad Bird too. No, I like Ratatouille a lot, but I do think Incredibles is better, but we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, different right episode. Now. Yeah, yeah robin hood always my favorite disney movie but not Hmm. not really the best uh animated fantastic mr fox i love um but again i'm not sure it's kind of too new for me to say that so since i have to pick i think the animated film that handles all of that criteria that i just mentioned the best uh is iron giant um like we said brad bird wrote uh, directed it co-wrote it um with The Incredibles and Ratatouille, he's kind of cemented himself as, for me, one of the best, most reliable directors of animation around. Putting himself up there with Miyazaki. Um, it's funny. It's accessible to kids and adults. It's got really good vocal performances from the cast, and it's probably my favorite Vin Diesel film and my favorite Jennifer Aniston film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the characters. How about fully... Harry
2: Connick Jr. Uh,
1: I like his work on American Idol too much to say that. <laughs> Um, is he on American Idol? I don't even know. Him. I don't think. He, is he still? I don't even. But if and he is, you fun. love that he work. <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> the characters uh, they're they're fully developed and they progress really terrifically. They take us to this conclusion that's um, as emotional as it is exciting. Mm-hmm. I think if you haven't seen The Iron Giant, please do it. It's magic. I think. Yeah. Um, so I, for me, I The Iron it. Giant. Thirded. Forced to pick, The Iron Giant is my favorite animated film. Okay, it's an excellent choice. I had a really hard time
0: trying to figure out my favorite. I wish I could have seen um you know some more of uh Shomay up higher which is you, you mentioned the Illusionist. I actually kind of like Triplets of Belleville a little bit more because mm-hmm. it's a little bit to me it was a very it had, it had that that very inventive quality of it being almost this silent film but it was animated. They're very and, different. Yeah, they both had that
1: what did you say you said they both have that which is oh, funny at the exact same time you said they both have that and i said they're very different experiences <laughs> i do they do both have that both. silent film quality yes. but the i would say they're pretty different movies
0: you can definitely see the influence of the silent movies but i think that um triplets of belleville is having a more more a little bit more fun with the animation form mm. in that yes i agree you know so um and then as far as like um other movies um Disney movies that were kind of at the prime of when when I was growing up, um, along with Toy Story, but I would actually say maybe Beauty and the Beast. And then I was also just one of those weird kids that really loved Fantasia. Really, I just think Fantasia is... Um, even as a kid, I was able to, to stick with it knowing that it wasn't like a movie with a story, yeah. that you were just basically watching what we would maybe call today music videos. I mean, they were basically animation. just animation put to music, and mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. always loved watching it, just yeah. for what it was. That's all, you know.
1: Well, that's interesting. Fantasia came out in 1940, the same year as Pinocchio, which is the movie we've uh, told people we're going to be discussing. <laughs> what so- is that way? <laughs> so-, so
0: why don't we go ahead and jump into our discussion of Pinocchio. When you get in trouble and you don't know right from wrong, give a little whistle. Give a little
2: whistle.
1: Now Evan, since you're our guest, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you remember about Pinocchio before you rewatched it this time?
2: Well, like I said, I used to watch it like endlessly, but still it's been probably a decade, if not more, since I've actually seen it mm. until this recent rewatch. Um I remember uh as a child I was easily frightened. Um, Me too. So the whole Pleasure Island turning into donkeys thing scared me. Yep. Um, Mostly because I was a a big uh, billiards enthusiast. Um, So I was like, oh no, scared you off a billiards. (laughs) Uh Um, And the whole monstro whale thing Mm -hmm. was also simultaneously terrifying. But I remember knowing just as a kid, like this looks amazing. The craftsmanship and and artwork. Present here is is great, but also scary because big whale. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the whole like long periods of just the visual inventiveness, the the scene in Geppetto's shop with the the clocks, or uh underneath the ocean, just animators having fun and drawing cool stuff that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the story. Yeah. Um, I remember loving that.
1: Well, yeah, like you, I hadn't seen it again since I was a kid. I probably longer than a decade. Um. I didn't really view things at the time, you know, in comparison to other movies, which is something that's sort of nice how kids see things mm-hmm. i I liked it, it scared me, it was funny, it was exciting, I didn't like it. that was about as far as it went for me. uh Pinocchio wasn't a movie I watched and watched over and over again as a kid, even though we owned it i did I saw it a few times. I remember being scared like you've said of elements more than enjoying it um but I did enjoy it like I wanted to rewatch it. It wasn't a movie that this is probably embarrassing. I I never watched uh, the Little Mermaid again because it scared me too much. The little Mermaid Sh- scared you, yeah. Ursula? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, when she gets all big. Yeah. It's neither here nor there. That's something I need I, to work I really out with don't the want therapist. to think
0: about that right now. I'm getting a really, little really scared right <laughs> now. The
1: whale was scary, as was Pinocchio's captivity. But what sticks out to me more than anything. Uh, remembering it was the Pleasure Island sequence. I'm sure a lot of mm-hmm. people would say that the image of Pinocchio turning green when he smokes that cigar kind of haunted me as a yeah. kid. Like I remember that very vividly. And when I saw it again, I was like, I did not misremember that. Yeah. That was, I've been trying to recreate that my for my
2: entire adult <laughs> life. It doesn't work.
1: Yeah. No, I haven't seen it happen to anybody. So then of course I remember turning them, turning into donkeys and specifically when uh Lampwick laughs and then, makes the donkey sound and is shocked to find himself making that noise. Like yeah. that made me really uncomfortable as a kid. Um, as I reflected uh, before watching it, it, it became clear to me that most of my memories of Pinocchio are negative, but I don't remember disliking it. Um, and while I remember the ending, the main thing I remember is thinking how strange he looked as a real boy. <laughs> and almost like, hey, I, yeah. liked, I liked him better as a puppet.
2: <laughs> well, it's weird because his father, the human Geppetto, has this weird, yes, round, bulbous super nose. cartoony.
1: And then, yeah, they made Pinocchio as a real boy. Like, pretty, super realistic. He actually has five fingers. Yeah. But Geppetto only has four. The other character. Yeah. So, so in this world, the, there's
0: like a there's like real, and then there's like a half real that Geppetto is. Yes. Yeah. Well, so I even, wonder
2: if, like, that's the first instance of the Uncanny Valley. I wonder. Of like, oh, that drawn boy, it looks a little too yeah maybe
0: Um, a huge inspiration on polar
1: express (laughs) yeah and ai now i i I also as an adult remembering it i remember thinking that geppetto was kind of powerless which was something that really would have added to my discomfort even if i didn't really recognize what it was you know i wanted everything to be fine once geppetto got involved but it wasn't and geppetto actually needed saving um, which was something that really doesn't happen you know um, everything was out of everybody's control really and uh there were plenty of troubles for the parent. and I don't think that's really something you see a lot in children's movies. And um usually trouble starts when parents aren't around and then you know they get resolved when they mm. accept in. So I, I remember just being pretty discomfited by Pinocchio, but again, not disliking it. Right. Mm. Nate, what'd you think?
0: Yeah, you know, I was trying to think for this podcast, um I, I couldn't remember the very, very first time I watched Pinocchio. I mean, do you guys remember the first time you watched it or you just kind of have a vague memory of just vague memories? I saw it before I had memories. Right. It's the same here. And this actually was one that we never owned in our household. It wasn't part of that Disney canon, those big VHS uh, boxes, the big white boxes. boxes. We never had this one, but somehow I watched it a lot. I think it must've been a friend who had it or a family member who had it. And we just probably watched it every time I went there. And um, I remember this one, particularly along with Dumbo being ones that i kind of had the same reaction to in that i remember liking the way it looked i don't as a kid Mm -hmm. as as much as you can as a kid i just kind of found the style intriguing Mm -hmm. but both of them frightened me just like kind of like what you guys were saying that the other ones i mean i watched um bambi a lot as a kid too and that one never Mm -hmm. frightened me nearly as much as pinocchio and and the other thing too is that it's weird because for some reason bambi's mom dying never really made me sad Yeah, when I was a kid but the whole Pinocchio I just I always felt sad watching it I think Mm -hmm. it was Geppetto like you really felt for him like you just you ached for Geppetto and and his love for this boy that he's always to the movie's credit I think yeah oh absolutely yeah and I just remember as a even as a kid having these feelings watching Pinocchio that I hadn't felt watching other Mm -hmm. movies even other animated Disney movies and I think in some ways it kind of set it apart because of that um, other than that, the only things I kind of remembered before watching this is little sort of snippets in my mind that I remembered. I remembered the smoking scene. I remembered the huge whale and the way that looked and it looked exactly the same the second, you know, when I watched it again, um, I didn't really remember there being a particular villain. I remembered the villains, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. what I think is interesting about this is there, there's more than one yeah. kind of villain, which is, I. are think, you ready?
2: Are you ready? Pinocchio the villain.
0: Oh, <gasps> oof you just sort of six sense this for me. Wow. I and it just really, I really turned can. everything on its head. So the other thing I thought was interesting about this one that set it apart, um, is that it didn't have any love interest in the movie mm-hmm. whatsoever, that there was no,
1: or women.
2: Uh, it had some the fairy that objects of,
1: yeah. of, <laughs> yeah. of Jiminy oh, Cricket's, <laughs> Jiminy, Cricket's <ogling> <laughs> yeah, Jiminy Cricket it really, kind of a horn dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: whatever it was just an interesting that in the and even as a kid i think i noticed it that the only love in the movie was this sort of bonding familial Mm. love that i just Mm. and it had a deeper profound impact on me as a kid i think watching it so that was my experience watching it as a kid Mm -hmm. actually it seemed like it was very similar to what you guys were talking about as well that it being one of the more frightening movies that we'd seen (laughs) yeah (laughs) and somehow still liking it right
1: and that's uh, again to the movie's credit i think um like you said, they, they establish an emotional core that kids connect with. They don't get too complex with it. They don't you love family? Like, is basically, <laughs> which I mean, can't necessarily be said for all kids, you know, but um, that they keep it simple in this movie. And it was interesting to me. I remember, like I said, sequences. I remember mm-hmm. Pleasure Island. Yeah. I remember songs. I remember the whale. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, oh, it'll be interesting to see how this all connects when I actually watch it. And they don't really, right? It's really episodic. It's well, just.
0: Let's move on then to what our feelings were maybe watching it um, this time around. Yeah. So far removed from the last time we'd yeah. seen it, you know. Yeah. What you were saying. Well, that's a,
1: yeah. Um, that as I watched it, he first off. It's a pretty specific three act structure, twenty minutes for each yeah. act, essentially, um, or half an hour or so. And I was surprised at how long the in, how long it is before Pinocchio leaves. Yeah, I in my in my head, and even when I watched it, it moved quickly. But I was surprised to find it already at the half hour mark by the time Pinocchio leaves to go to school. Mm. Um, so that was one way to, it surprised me that it took its time there. But then it just jumps right into it. On his way to school, he meets Anishan. They don't take that time to meet schoolmates or get him to school mm-hmm. once or anything. They just right into it. Attractions right there, yeah. Stomboli, Yeah. The the lying and the nose, and then Pleasure Island, and like then Monstro. Just right into it with really little need for connecting things. And some of it, if you ex- if you examined it it would be like really tenuous connections. They get back from Pleasure Island. Mm -hmm. Oh, magically, here's this note. Hey, Geppetto got swallowed by a whale. All right, let's go get swallowed by a whale. Like, but it works really well for kids because kids don't need that backstory. Like, well, wait, where'd Geppetto get the boat? Does he know somebody down at the dock or is he kind of rich? And like, that is something I was, I
0: (laughs) I asked myself, what the hell was Geppetto doing in a whale? Because you never really got that in that explanation at all. It's It's just a
1: message. What's it say?
2: It's about your father. Where is he? Why, uh, uh, it says here he, uh, he went looking for you and, uh, uh he was swallowed by a whale. Swallowed uh, by a whale? Yeah. Uh-huh, uh huh. A whale?
1: Um. I kind of, I kind of really liked that it didn't feel the need to explain mm-hmm. anything. It felt very much like a child telling a story. Yeah. And it's like a child telling a story to another child, just right. like. Okay, I'm with you. I think that <laughs> backstory going. is on the cutting room floor somewhere. So it you might go, be, yeah. but yeah, I would love—I love the idea of like a kid just telling a story, like, and Geppetto went to look for Pinocchio, and he got swallowed by a whale, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, go on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I gotcha. As happens. Did you? Was that fine for you guys as adults? Did you find that jarring, or did, were you able to um, go with it?
2: That's that's how I remembered it, and I was still totally on board going yeah. with that. Yeah.
1: I thought it worked. I was fine with it. Yeah. It was
0: more just kind of a question and I was just like, wait, did they explain that? And then I'm like, no, they didn't. All right. that's fine. Moving on. Yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> I think there was a lot as an adult and both an adult of the, you know, 21st century watching this movie that I there were things I didn't notice as a kid. Yeah. Like the most racist puppet show ever.
1: Oh boy, wasn't it?
2: Yikes. That was like a parade of stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly
1: what I was going to say. Well, and Stromboli himself is just vaguely foreign, and we're supposed to be afraid of him because of that. He's like the platonic. He speaks (laughs) a nonsense language. He's darker. He's (laughs) the
2: platonic ideal of swarthy.
1: (laughs) Yep, exactly. Yeah, overweight and greedy, abusive. Yeah, he was just nothing but. If foreigners, we, yeah. we fear foreigners, right? Not a fan of them. If we don't, we should.
0: I was trying to think. So, what do we do now in kids' movies to frighten children? You have to have something that works to frighten children. In yeah. If so,
2: that's one of the strengths of Pinocchio that I think, in many ways, Disney and children's films lost. It doesn't really pull punches.
1: No, it does. Pinocchio,
2: like I said, I mean, I was partially joking. He's the villain, but everything is his fault. Yeah, he they makes were some dumb, dumb choices decisions. by him yeah and he does he lies he he does bad things that kids actually do yeah i know nate you you have children you don't they're not old enough for you to know this yet but ryan you work with children children are sociopaths they're monsters the whole point of growing up is learning not to be a selfish little
1: beast learning to curb those urges (laughs)
2: And being like, yeah, I'm just going to run off and become an actor. Right. No,
1: you can't do that. And I think it especially doesn't pull the punch in by making uh, Jiminy Cricket as the conscience character literal and mm-hmm. not just Pinocchio kind of musing for a little bit. Should I? Shouldn't I? Well, okay, I'll go with it. But have somebody being like, whoa, what are you doing? No, don't do that. And then just choosing to ignore that. Yeah. But what's interesting is that Jiminy Cricket
0: himself you know he's not really all that great of a conscience i mean he kind of leaves not. for he's a while not. and he comes back he doesn't he, really he always read in, the situation right late. yeah uh, he has a he has a uh, uh, he definitely has a weakness for the ladies it seems like <laughs> <laughs> um
2: Whether
1: although i don't think <laughs> i don't think he's he ever exhibits a weakness for a live lady
2: well there are no human no. ladies that's true he 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 gets uh for he the he, f- he feels up the uh the wooden statue. Well, he feels bad about that. He didn't mean to. He does. He does apologize and and blushes, and then he gets all gawky at the at the dancing French puppets, right? Um, and and he gets a bit stammery and uh and bashful and flirtatious with the blue fairy. So there's no, there yes. are no human females, but I guess then. We don't need to be mad at Jiminy Cricket for objectifying them.
0: <sighs> He's objectifying objects. Of women. <laughs> I um, guess. I guess. All I'm trying to say about Jiminy Cricket is <laughs> is that I I kind of think it's it's a it's it's also to the movie's credit. I think that Jiminy Cricket is not sort of this um you know moralizing yeah character who just um you know he's also very human as well yeah mm-hmm. and he doesn't always read the situation exactly correctly right um you know he basically when when pinocchio goes off to be an actor and eventually he kind of says mm-hmm. well you know let if him he's do, happy yeah, if that's it, what he wants to do then who am i to yeah. step in and so you know and he kind of just lets him go and yeah and so i just thought a that really that, lazy conscience
1: <laughs> exactly a lot like mine <laughs> but I think that's kind of a good point possibly to make for kids that your conscience isn't really, you know, whatever you think about your conscience, it's that nagging Mm -hmm. pull on you to say like, this probably isn't the right thing, but it's never so clear cut. Right. As you know, that's totally wrong. And you're going to like, it's, it's an, it's a feeling you get like this nagging thing that, sometimes steers you wrong, and sometimes it's not infallible. Yeah, so to, you to can't just Jiminy rely Cricket, on it. It's, right. you,
2: it's active listening, not just passive listening.
1: Yeah, I like that Jiminy Cricket is this character who is reading the situation as best he can. He doesn't have outside knowledge. He just, hey, I've kind of lived a little bit longer, right. and you might not want to trust that guy with the you know, scrungy top hat and the holes in his gloves.
2: Something else I, I didn't pick up, as a kid, did either of you get a James
1: Stewart vibe off of Jiminy Cricket? I did a couple times, yeah. yeah. Some of the things he it's said. Sort but... of
2: like stammering, "Oh mm-hmm. shucks, down-home American.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it made me like him more yeah. than I already liked him. Yeah. yeah.
2: What still stuck with me this time that I remembered uh, as a kid and that I still love this time was just the quality of the animation.
1: Absolutely. I I, that, I don't know if I really noticed it when I was watched it as a kid, but this time it felt at times a little showy. Because I, watching it, you can definitely tell that nobody had done what they were doing mm-hmm. because they really drew attention to some of the things. Even right away when Jiminy Cricket's like, I'm going to go over to that yeah, house. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and, then and it, it like hops. Jump, jump. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and yeah, okay, that was probably a, a feat of animation. Now it's like, oh, oh okay, I guess we're doing that. Um, same with um, the underwater sequence, yeah. some of the stuff they were doing. I'm totally fine with it. I'm 100% I, I, cuz it's flawless that anime. I mean, I just love that early Disney that
0: has that sort of playful feel where you're feeling like the animators are playing with the form. Yeah. They're kind of mm-hmm. like, what can we do with yes. this? And let's let it let let it go for a while. Like let's have Jiminy Cricket just the, work with all these different uh, music boxes and clocks and just yeah. interact with them and and since it's animation
1: messing with music messing with sound yes yeah,
0: you know kind of uh, they did those early silly symphony things yeah. and kind of bringing those into these feature yeah. films i i kind of it reminds me uh, the only thing we have i think really close to that today are some of the pixar shorts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i wish that i almost kind of like lo- as i was watching pinocchio i was kind of longing for that to come back into animation it made like, me want
1: to rewatch a lot of those because there's some things that they did uh over and over again facial expressions movements things that happened especially the scene where figaro and cleo and geppetto are going to sleep i remember like disney characters falling asleep was how i wanted to fall asleep Like <laughs> on your back me, with your yeah, feet just, hanging off the bed yeah so- <laughs> that that sleepy eyed sort of yeah. like oh, yeah, big yeah. stretches yeah. it And then Geppetto's voice when he's falling asleep just makes me want to like curl up. It's so, it really took me back to a a place um, that I hadn't really thought about in a while. But uh, the animation, I think you're right. We don't really see that experimentation, there's not really room for um, stretching the limits of the form. Well, do you
0: think it's that, do you think that maybe it's the sense now we just have a feeling that, well, it's, it's all been done before. Nothing's going to really wow kids as far as just what we can do with the animation itself yeah um, our, our kids that, our kids just more like they have to have a, a yeah they have to follow a narrative a lot more closely and people they're afraid that if they stray from that too much and play for a little bit I that that's they're gonna bit. have a hard time corralling them back in or you know i don't know what it is
2: well but. one thing i noticed more this time as a kid i always felt especially the opening scene was all playing yeah and this time i think that i saw the opening scene in geppetto's shop as actual characterization of geppetto he's built all of these music boxes all of these cuckoo Mm, clocks and there's a playfulness in there
1: yeah it tells us a lot about him so
2: we already know who that man is before he walks in with pinocchio
1: that's true yeah and it it serves the story in that you can see you just get a sense of geppetto's mind and his Mm -hmm. heart too that he would put so much care into pinocchio that he would love him like a son and It's not creepy. You know, there's never a question in your mind as to why Geppetto and Pinocchio have this relationship. And it's so
2: subtle. Like as a kid, Mm -hmm. they didn't say, Hey, like this guy. You just sort of know, oh, this guy made this stuff. I like him. Yeah. They just trust you to get that.
1: Yeah. Going back to what you said, Nate, about experimentation and pushing limits, I think what they're doing they are still doing it in Pixar, but it's just on a technical level. How well can we render this? How can what what limits and that, there's there's merit to that, um, but I, I do wish that it would be something that could be a, a, more enjoyable rather than, oh, wow, that hair looks great. Right, know? yes. And uh, yeah, we're really not seeing that so much anymore. One thing I also love about that old-time animation is the beautiful backgrounds. Like oh, yeah. Painted <laughs> backgrounds. Not just, you know, vistas of mountains, um, but the background of the, the whole scene is just done so beautifully um anytime you get any
0: sort of setting or establishing shot in there it's just something you want to put on pause and just look at like when they show the town it's great you know um and especially in those whale scenes that's that to me the the monstro scenes are where a lot of the The animation yeah the waves Mm -hmm. and even it's almost like um it's weird. Monstro has almost a different animation style than yeah, every other character, does. and he's got it's more of like an inked kind of style. In the area and around him, he almost looks like more of cool. the background, like yeah. what the backgrounds yeah. look like. And I remember as a kid even picking up on that. that yeah. This thing just looks monstrous because it just looks different. It's, yeah,
1: he's like the mountains. Yeah, he's, he's like the yes, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: Yeah. Have you guys? Have any of you actually read
1: the Pinocchio no. tale? No, oh. no I mean, but I've this read, is my only I've familiarity f- with the story. Fair share of fairy tales as in their original format, and I'm guessing that there was a lot more grim and gruesome yeah. stuff in well Pinocchio.
2: i I read that apparently in the story, Pinocchio kills the talking cricket, oh yeah, he just sort of gets annoyed and kills him really <laughs> Pinocchio's even worse, he's wow. even more the villain of
1: that. Hmm. My question is uh was there anything on this second viewing that changed from what you remember either whether you know not I didn't like it this time, but oh wow i had not noticed how many racist depictions of indians there are oh man tobacco row, tobacco <laughs> row with Yikes. these bright red arms tossing cigars at the kids or you know like we said stromboli or the puppet show um anything any other things like that maybe how they depicted uh pleasure island and things that struck you differently
0: there wasn't a ton that struck me really differently i rem- I don't remember at all that meeting between Honest John and the whoever that coachman is. Mm-hmm. That yeah, of, I had forgotten that too. That is a creepy scene. Mm-hmm. It is. And yeah. I wonder if I blocked it out. And <laughs> I wonder too. But um, and it's a brief scene. It's a brief scene, and because, it's
2: basically sinister laughing, just endless sinister laughing. But,
0: but here's the thing: is bright. as an adult watching that, and with the sort of dark things that we have to think about now with raising children yeah um my mind wandered into a very dark place Mm because i couldn't really remember that much about what eventually happens at pleasure island and i was like is there some kind of pedophilic thing that is oh, being insinuated yeah. here or like or just the, the way child he kind of, trafficking yeah like just child tra- trafficking you know? and that's where my mind went Dude. that it certainly did not go there when i was a kid yeah. and i didn't i don't know if that's intentional at all or if that's anything that was on any of the animators or directors mind when they were making that but it's certainly something that i thought about when i was watching that scene i did not remember that watching it
2: i'm collecting stupid little boys stupid little boys you know the Disobedient Ones, what one play you give them school? Oh. And you see... <laughs> and I takes them to Pleasure Island. Ah, uh,
1: Pleasure
2: Island. Pleasure Island? But the law, suppose they... No, no, there's no risk. They never come back as
1: boys. <laughs> That scene with the coachman struck me this time because of uh, how it depicts the spiral of, you know, darkness and danger that Pinocchio is getting into that he mm-hmm. doesn't even know about. Because up to that point, Honest John and what is his name? Gideon? That Yeah. The yeah. funny cat guy. Yeah. Um, Harpo the cat.
2: Oh no, my, okay. You, did you peek in no, my notes? I did not. Because I did literally not. my notes are cat equals dopey equals harpo. <laughs> I
1: did not, but that's all I could think about. But um, up until that point, you think that they're pretty much the epitome of evil. And then, well, and then Stromboli, you're like, ooh, things get pretty evil. Um, but then when you see them afraid of the coachman, yeah. like that mm-hmm. is just like, holy cow, I did even not they even know he's been. Right. Um, but you're right i I thought it was interesting. I don't have kids, but I've got nieces and nephews. I work in a high school, so you know caring for kids is on my mind. There were things about that that just really hit me in the in the heart I think as an adult more probably yeah. Yeah, I think there's a reason why just working around kids
0: I think there's a reason why the donkey ears and the nose and mm-hmm. those kind of things frighten you as a child, but that scene frightened me as an adult when they show I
1: was, you know watching that mm-hmm. and I was like when they show the crates of donkeys. And yeah. then the donkey that can talk. And he's like, I it want my mom. Broke yeah. my heart. Yeah. yeah. I was Alexander. Yeah.
2: I'm gonna write the most depressing fan fiction of Alexander's <laughs> well, movie Alexander, after this.
1: Does it last five minutes his life after that? Just his like have two
2: years in the salt mines. Salt mines, yeah.
1: Talking oh, nobody will listen. Poor <laughs> Alexander. It's getting dark. It is getting dark, and it's a dark movie. Yeah, that that to me, I don't think i enjoyed it more because i enjoyed it as a kid um i don't think i had a new appreciation necessarily for you know the enjoyment factor of it the Mm -hmm. technical aspects i enjoyed more the um the script and the character development and some of the other things the nuances of that i I appreciated more but what hit me more was that what we were just talking about that that extra the danger to children Mm. element to it
2: I think if we're talking about things that we noticed this time around, and the Gideon and Cat, just how funny that
1: yeah. Harpo
2: Cat was yeah the Gideon he was, was really funny, and also uh, I I kept count. Um, we, we always think of Pinocchio; it's a classic. It's a yeah. Wholesome. This is a prestigious wholesome. There are no less than seven butt jokes. <laughs> In an eighty-eight minute movie, wow. seven different butt jokes, and I'm not even counting like, oh, there's a tail coming out of my butt. Those in themselves sure, are, are sure. also butt jokes.
1: So not even things that just draw attention. What was to your the favorite butt? butt
2: joke. My favorite was probably was probably um, Jiminy Cricket leaning in a feel, yeah. leaning
1: on the statue, leaning
2: on the statue. That was a big butt. That, was, that was a yeah. well. I'm sure that was, it was a, a comically large
1: buttocks. <laughs> hey, I'm sure it was a bustle. First of all, <laughs> yeah, so. of course. Not actually that woman's buttock. It's a bustle joke. If it if it was not a bustle, then it was a tumor. Is uh, butt goiters? <laughs> You're listening to "Can We Still Be Friends"? <laughs> yeah. I I saw like listed out on IMDb all the what uh, quote offensive yeah. material, the violent acts, the uses of the word jackass, giant
2: the, mallet hits, mallets
1: to the head. Yeah, I think it, giant I think, mallets are always. Funny. I think it counted like uh, instances of assault. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. That's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like every cartoon is wall to wall assault.
0: <laughs> and it does make you wonder of what comes out today, what people will look at, right. you know, 20, 30 years down the line yeah. and, and be like, here's a list of everything that's offensive with Cloudy with Chance of Meatballs. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe they put that in. Yeah. Um,
1: Very un- insensitive to people with eating disorders, mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's, it's meteorologically sweet. offensive. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: no cloud has ever guys, produced. Did meatballs.
2: you guys find Cleo to be weirdly eroticized? <laughs> yeah. <by> Am <laughs> I the, the only one? And <laughs> what was up with yeah. her relationship with Figaro? Like a, yeah. Was she was like, like a,
1: trying to get Figaro? Yeah, there's like a,
2: to, a will they won't they relationship. Yeah.
1: Shame <laughs> <to laughs> in the goldfish. Yeah. Uh, Figaro had wanted nothing to do with it, though. Like it was so. They of, do steal
0: a kiss, though, at the, they do. At the end, right? They and do
1: because they're excited, but Figaro doesn't like it, but Cleo does. She does. <laughs> I don't know what that, that's probably, there's probably some analysis and criticism as far as like feminine, you know, always being up for it, sort of like, (laughs) (laughs) like very devious feminist criticism, I mean, not devious feminist criticism, but feminist criticism that sees deviant behavior. So we've got these things that we see differently as adults, but I think it's sounding like it didn't no negative impact on how we viewed this movie did you did it reinforce things for you guys did you like it more this time around to bump it into number one that maybe it wouldn't have been before before
0: re-watching this I don't know if I would have even put it at one of my just kind of on a personal note one of my favorite disney films mm-hmm. um but re-watching it I just think that it's um it it holds up really well the animation itself. You can understand areas in which it's kind of groundbreaking, but mm-hmm. it just kind of holds up as just looking good, yeah. you know? So, and I don't know if I can, Disney has always had a really good reputation in just kind of being on the forefront of animation period. Um, and you can say that even in their later films too, but they, they even get a little bit more, if I can say cartoony, I guess, I don't know. I feel like yeah. this one has a, it's more I feel like there's something about the Disney animation from that period where they always started out with the book that yeah. opened up, <laughs> right? And this is one of those, yeah. you know. And I love every movie kind of that has that beginning that Disney ever put out. Yeah. And I think for each one of those, there is such a um, unique animation style to that story. Sleeping Beauty has almost like a stained glass window look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just and Pinocchio, I think, kind of fits in line with that. I think going back to your question though, um, of whether this kind of solidified it a little bit more as maybe a number one. As far as the timeout list goes, yeah. um, I am well, I agreed with it. So from but it in rewatching it, I don't think that there was any question in my mind when I went to go vote again, you know, which one I was going to vote for. It was going to be Pinocchio. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I saw we, we talked about the different things we saw as adults coming at it later. And there are things that would I don't know if I can call the the racist attitudes, you know, demerits because it's just of its time. Right. I don't. I don't think there's anything intentionally malicious about it. Yeah. You know, they're not like, haha. And it's not to essential to anything. Take those Native Americans anything. down. Yeah. It's nothing, all. It's all. Nothing background. hangs
1: on it. Nothing. Except for maybe the fear of Stromboli. But Stromboli's scary anyway. Yeah. Like the, that whole situation surrounding him is scary. If he, even if yeah. he hadn't been speaking a gibberish foreign language, I, I think it's before, just his yeah. booming voice. I yeah. Mean, that, that is his presence, a, it's, and it's what yeah. he does. Yeah. I agree.
2: So there, there's other things that you notice as an adult, right. but there's also other things that I notice, like the, the level of characterization that I mentioned with mm-hmm. Geppetto in and, and the music boxes, or right. the the frankness, the unlikability of Pinocchio. He's yeah. easily the most unlikable Disney protagonist ever.
1: He could be, yeah. Uh, he's extremely frustrating.
2: But also very identifiable. I think kids identify with him. He's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm like that. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of a schmuck.
1: Yeah, I I don't know why I I, I still wouldn't put it at, at number one. I I no. don't I don't agree with Time Out New York. I'm sorry, uh, guys. Don't fold the publication. Don't don't call it a day. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. I think you're great. I think you made a bit of a mistake here. Um, do you think it's a lot of critics talking when they do that? I do. I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's Citizen Kane being yeah. number one. I think it's. It's sort of the Citizen Kane of animated films. I agree. I I yeah. I I think I agree with myself, Evan. I agree with you agreeing with me. (laughs) Jeez, I I like Citizen Kane. I see Citizen Kane's value. I like Pinocchio. I see its value. I think it's. I would say both of them are great movies. Um, But just for me, I guess, what's best and what's favorite. I, I. you know it's a hard line to draw yeah, yeah. so I, I don't begrudge them i don't disagree totally with them saying it's number 1 i can see why they did it i can see that, that it's i think it's a bit of a safe choice to be honest um i like pinocchio the things i noticed as an adult actually made me appreciate uh, on a deeper level i think the craft like we were saying yeah but at the end of the day i i, I don't know it would be in top 10 sure but i, I feel like it's the answer you're supposed to give. I'd love to hear uh, from everyone
0: who's listening out there if they could also weigh in on their thoughts on Pinocchio, if they've given it a chance to rewatch it after looking at the list. Um, still continue to bring in your thoughts on um, the um, your the timeout list in general, yeah. what you wish was on it, what you wish was higher up, things like that. Definitely. Can, um, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Email us. Feedback at canwestillbefriends.net. There's
1: lots of different ways to listen to us, too. I mean, if you're listening to us now, you've clearly found one way (laughs) you found one channel Um, but if you're listening on SoundCloud um, you know you can always find us on iTunes and subscribe there leave Mm -hmm. us a review and a rating thank you very much to the people who've done that Um, we're on the Stitcher app and we also now are on the Swell app right Swell is kind of like Pandora for
0: podcasts so you wouldn't necessarily subscribe to us but if you say I love Hearing two people argue about movies that they disagree with, there's a chance that we, we might pop up, that yeah. we might come up on that. So uh, if you haven't checked that out, you know, swell is an interesting way to do podcasts, and I recommend it. But we are on there now, so that's yeah.
1: good. We've loved uh, talking to you guys on the comment section of "Can we still be friends?" We got some great emails, some phone calls, not necessarily to the uh, to the voicemail, although we've gotten a couple of those. We love hearing those voicemails, and it'll be a great chance for you to hear yourself. Uh, on the podcast um, yeah. but if, if you are, if you are listening to us we really encourage you to watch the movies uh, get to the library check those movies out um, a few people have called me telling me that they enjoyed keeping up with us and revisiting these movies
0: yeah it's a good excuse to bring uh, to get to to give these movies another shot. If you did want to call us, the number is 847-306-9532, and uh, that's on our website, and uh, you can find it there if you forget, so.
1: And a great way people have been getting involved is through the polls. Make sure you visit the poll, uh, the website to take part in the poll for the next episode. Um, Nate, why don't you tell us a little bit what we're going to be doing for the next episode.
0: Sure. Actually, this year is the 30th anniversary of the summer release of Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Gremlins is a movie that actually neither one of us has seen. Yeah. So we're going to switch the formula up a little bit. Instead of arguing about rewatching a movie and arguing about it, we're going to actually... Watch it afresh, I yeah. guess. And, see and a movie what we think
1: I've always it. wanted to see, you know, it's kind of in the cultural mindset. Um, right. So our discussion is going to be based on our experiences, maybe, you know, arguing about what we thought about it, but also in light of the general cultural feel for things. So, yeah, tune in for that one. Evan, thank you very much for uh, being here for always this great episode. Great to have you. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: thanks for having me, guys. You know, I think it's just occurred to me. Uh, I think time out new york needs to maybe rethink their list because while pinocchio has the craft and the heart football to the groin it's football to the groin
1: (laughs) it does pinocchio doesn't have any football to the groin is the mallet to the head the the football to the groin of yesterday there is no replacement for football (laughs) to the groin Uh, all right well thanks for listening everybody
2: thanks a lot see ya Hi, this is Nate's wife, Andrea. After listening to your episode about The Sandlot, I decided I should probably call in and defend myself. No, I was not in a coma in 1993. First of all, as you both say, it's a boy's movie, and I'm not a boy. Second, do you realize how many great movies came out for kids in 1993 other than The Sandlot and Jurassic Park?
1: Mrs. Doubtfire,
2: Dennis the Menace, Hocus Pocus, Sister Act 2, Homeward Bound, and my personal favorite, Free Willy. Could someone in a coma watch all those great movies? I think not.